Welcome to Better News, a series of special podcasts that Salt Journalism is producing in partnership with the American Press Institute. I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Better News offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. The effort is fueled by API and the Knight Lenfest News Initiative. The goal of this podcast series is to highlight some of the useful research API has published as part of its Better News Initiative. What's the best way to cover the arts in your community? That's a question kcur.org, the website for Kansas City's public media station, was asking itself back in 2018. They were doing all the usual art stories, but the website's audience didn't seem that excited about the arts. KCUR's digital managing editor, C.J. Janovey, joins us today to talk about how she and her team address this problem. Welcome to Better News, C.J. Thank you, Michael. So first of all, tell me about how bad things were, or maybe if they were bad, what was the challenge you were facing back in 2018? things were not super bad. I mean, we had a lot of great arts stories and Kansas City is sort of a, you know, big sort of booming Midwestern city. And over the last 10 or 20 years, it's had sort of an arts renaissance. So we have sort of major arts institutions and some really beautifully, beautiful architectural spaces for the symphony to perform in, for example. And, you know, lots of newness, lots of bigness, lots of excitement about the arts in Kansas City in general, but we just, we felt like given the city's sort of alleged enthusiasm about the art scene, we thought we probably should be seeing higher traffic for a lot of our art stories. And so what led you to participating in the Pointer Institute's local news innovation program? We got an invitation from Pointer. KCUR was among the, we were in the first class of public radio participants. So this, the table stakes program, from what I understand, had been going on for many years for print publications. But this was the first time a group of public radio folks gathered to talk about just better digital strategies. And so we were among six public radio stations that went down to uh, St. Petersburg for uh, a week what were your takeaways from that experience? So one of the things that they have you do is just sort of, you know, create projects that test an idea and, you know, monitor, come up with a set of metrics that will help you monitor your success and measure your success. If you sort of meet your goals, great. If you don't meet your goals, check back periodically. And you, you sort of do that for several months, really over the course of a year. We planned to do this. And we decided that with our arts and culture vertical, we would just sort of set some baseline traffic goals. And, you know, we were going to just try and increase traffic for our highest performing stories. And, you know, for our lowest performing stories, those stories that, that you know, you thought should have gotten better traffic and maybe, you know, fewer than 500 people even clicked on the story. We didn't want to see any more of those 500 or fewer stories. And we wanted to see 2,000, we wanted to see more stories where at least 2,000 people were clicking on them. And so, so we set these, these sort of numeric goals, and then we really spent some time workshopping amongst the arts reporters, which includes a full-time reporter and several freelancers, very, very frequent contributors. And we worked with a team of folks also here at the station that work in audience development. And so we spent a lot of time really looking at what our data already showed us about our digital audience. So what were some stories over the last year, some arts stories that got really high traffic 
And we were able to, we looked at a year's worth of data and we looked at all the stories that had the top 20 stories in terms of page views and also the bottom 20 stories in terms of page views over a long period of time. And we noticed patterns in that. We noticed a whole bunch of types of stories that our digital audience really didn't care about. But we also noticed sort of themes developing when it came to stories that, that they really did care about. And what we discovered is that our digital audience, they're less interested in a story about the new play, that's the new performance that's, that's running in the week ahead from the Kansas City Ballet. The sort of calendar-driven stories that arts beat reporters would be, would be sort of inclined to cover. You know, this is a major arts institution. It's on my beat. They're launching a new production. We'll write a story about it. That is just natural for a beat reporter. And what we found was that that wasn't the number one thing that our digital audiences were coming to us for. Instead, they came to our site for arts stories that were much more human-driven, so sort of like classic feature stories. So profiles of interesting artists, regardless really of whether they had a show coming up, behind-the-scenes looks at architectural efforts in town, you know, just sort of taking a reader someplace where they couldn't go otherwise unless, unless you know, sort of went along with a reporter and lots of photos. And we covered arts like, you know, sort of news you can use, like, you know, if there's a big festival in town, we didn't concentrate so much on who the artists were who were participating in the festival, but rather how you can navigate your way around the festival and get the best experience. So sort of tip, pro tips, that kind of thing. So really, we sort of came up with these categories, arts news you can use, giving people an experience they wouldn't get anywhere else, online, interesting people, help people have, a, have an experience of the arts by reading about it on our website, even though they would actually never attend the event. And so basically, we just sort of quit paying attention to the calendar, and we started paying attention to our audience. So when you were looking at that data, what types of stories were more successful and which ones were sort of underperforming? The stories that were underperforming were stories about sort of niche types of classical music or classical dance. People people really do not want to read about dance the way that we were writing about it. Um, and there were some there were there were quite a few music stories. We had a segment on the on the radio on one of our radio talk shows where our host interviewed a local band every week for about five minutes and played, you know, a, a little bit of music. And we had tried to repackage that for digital and that the, people didn't care about that at all. And so we just sort of quit trying to do that. There were, there were sort of a lot of low hanging fruit. You know, we just sort of stopped doing those types of stories, but we still wanted to cover music. We wanted to cover dance. We wanted to cover the ballet and so we just really started imagining what, who are the readers out there and what types of stories do they want to read? And the more we looked at our data, the more these themes are, are we, we could see these themes. So there was, there was a lot of interest in sort of 
arts news that people can use. So how to navigate this big festival that's coming up in town or an experience of an, of an arts event that they would never attend themselves, but they really, they liked it when we were able to recreate that for them in a digital story, even though they, they weren't in, interested enough to go, but they were interested enough to read about it. Um, or an online experience they wouldn't have anywhere else, like, you know, some sneak, sneak peeks behind some new arty thing that was happening. Or really just, just profiles of, of interesting people, regardless of whether there was a show or a performance coming up. And then the, this this one sort of category that I that I really liked was using an arts idea as a way to understand our city in the moment. For example, there was a story about about a group of refugees who made quilts. They gathered together with with other refugees, and none, none of these folks spoke the same language because they were all newcomers to Kansas City. But they found a common language in quilting, and so this was, you know, refugees is is a pretty uh, topical uh, story at the moment in America. And so we were able to tell a story about Kansas City that um, that really struck chords outside of the the arts aspect of it. Oh, so we sort of identified all of these these five themes. we We really sort of began to think of them as audience buckets. <laughs> That's kind of our shorthand is, you know we we articulated what these themes are. And then we thought about some random reader, we called him Soccer Dad, and we thought about what kind of story would Soccer Dad be interested in. When you were coming up with this, you know, this avatar, this, you know, ideal listener that you were, you were, you were targeting, was this strictly based on data or did you do any other research? There was a lot in the data, you know. We know a little bit about who our online audiences are. We know where they're coming from in town. We sort of know their age. We know we know that they're mostly reading on mobile. We know some demographic information about them. Not a lot, but some. But this information really sort of allowed us to sort of create personas, we called them. We thought about how different types of people around the city use our website already, and then what is it that they want to know from us? What is it that the data shows us that they want to know about other Kansas Cityans who are doing cool things? And so, you know, rather than, for example, when the new opera production starts, rather than sort of do a story about the performers in the show who are undoubtedly amazing opera singers, instead... We recently, for example, did a profile of the woman who who works behind the scenes, you know, sort of picking up these artists at the airport and making sure that they have everything they need for a six-week stay in town and recommending the best barbecue restaurants because everyone wants barbecue when they come to Kansas City. And so the story ended up being... Meet the woman who connects visiting opera stars with barbecue and other Kansas City necessities. So it's a way to get people who might not care about opera, but everyone in Kansas City cares about barbecue. And connecting those two things, we think, draws more people to our arts coverage. So it it seems like it was allowing you to think about arts in a different way and think about the way you're covering the arts in a different way that, you know, imagining 
the types of stories that your ideal reader would be interested in rather than, oh, well, you know, the opera season starts next week. We need to do a preview of that. This bookstore is, is having an author signing. We just need to do something about that rather than pinning it on these sort of these standard old things that we normally would cover. I guess it required you to think a little bit differently, a little more creatively. Yeah, I mean, we work the arts beat. We're not going to ignore the seasons of the major arts institutions in town. We're still going to cover what they're doing. But I think what it really forced us to do is to sort of take a few step steps back perspective-wise. Because when you when you cover a beat for so long and as well as our folks do, you get really close to that beat. You begin to almost know too much about your material and you, you begin to make assumptions about what's interesting to everyone based on what's interesting to your sources and the people on the beat and, and you know, the sort of diehard fans or the, the season ticket holder or the people who are already going to be interested in a given play or a given concert or whatever. And what what we wanted to do is think about who are the people who really want to know what's going on in town. They need to know what's going on in town, but they don't they don't automatically care about the same things that we the beat reporters care about. Does that make sense? Yeah, and actually that's something I think about a lot when you're like writing sort of a general news or you're working on a general news site as opposed to, you know, the dance.com or or whatever site that's you know, focusing on a particular subject, you know, or, or even like a sports website, you know that the audience that's seeking you out is looking for something particular, but people who come to your site are, are coming to it for a lot of different reasons. So how do you make these little aspects of the community that they might not be interested in appealing to the general reader as opposed to the the diehard fan? Yeah, I mean, I think just really really constantly reminding ourselves that we are writing for a general reader. And what our data tells us, for example, is that people love history stories. This is a part of the country with a very interesting and rich history, and Kansas City readers love learning about that and reading about that. It's also a place with a you know really strong sense of hometown pride. And so if you can infuse an, an arts story with a little bit of history, or if you can, for example, to, to, to stick with the opera singer, barbecue procurer person, that story for a little bit, when you, our lead was about how singers often travel to Kansas City from places like San Francisco or New York or Moscow to perform at the Lyric Opera of Kansas City. So right away, we're sort of appealing to that hometown pride, you know, opera stars come here from everywhere else, these bigger name cities. And our hope is that that might catch the attention of someone who doesn't spend a lot of time really thinking about opera, but someone who feels pride in Kansas City. So that's the first line of of that opera story. And then, you know, the next couple lines are that these opera singers arrive with a question that might surprise anyone who has a stereotype about opera. The number one question I probably get when they come is, what's the best barbecue, said Sarah Johar, which is probably the hardest question in Kansas City to answer. So, you know, right away we've got the woman who works for the opera talking about barbecue. Yeah, well, all you need to do then is is try to work barbecue into every story that you cover and you'll be in great shape. 
Well, you know, you can't. You, you can only go back to the barbecue well so often. But um, the, you think. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, this this is sort of a, a particularly obvious example. But the point is, back to that general reader. What is a general reader interested in, and or what would make a general reader want to keep reading a story that they didn't even know they cared about? So you change your approach to the types of stories that you were doing. Was there anything about this effort that particularly surprised you? I don't know that there was anything that surprised us because at Pointer, at the Table Stakes Workshop, you know, we spent a lot of time sort of designing this this experiment. And so we we were pretty prepared to do whatever it, it took to to succeed, I think, based on based on all the steps that we had outlined for ourselves. So you know, we knew we needed to pay better attention to the photographs and the headlines, you know, these these sort of perennial issues when it comes to just basic good headline writing for web stories and making sure that we had beautiful artwork to go with them. And so we knew that we we're going to f- focus on those fundamentals in addition to deciding this story framing that I'm talking about. So it was sort of an all-hands effort. You know, we worked on headlines. We worked on artwork. We worked on story selection. We worked on the actual writing of the stories. And considering how purposeful we were being about it, I think it would have been surprising if we didn't have good results. That would have been really disappointing, but we had pretty good results. We saw that it worked. So... Let's talk a little bit about the sort of the gut check thing. You do something, you see you see success. How are you measuring success? And then how are you making adjustments if you need to? When we see our traffic numbers going up, that kind of encourages us to keep doing what we're doing. And I would guess that we're doing fewer stories because we don't feel as obligated anymore to do stories. There's a new director at a local arts organization, and we need to sort of basically rewrite the press release and include the headshot of this person who's just been hired to lead a local arts organization. And with all due respect to the really important people who lead arts organizations, general readers don't really need to know about them. And so we began to feel less of an obligation for that to be redundant for that obligatory type of coverage and more focused on just really humanizing stories in a way that more people would find out more information about the city in general through the arts. So what advice would you give to another news organization that's in sort of the same position? They have an area, whether it's arts or whether it's whatever, that they feel that they need to sort of rethink. What advice would you give them? Well, first of all, I would say the the data don't lie. And so when journalists first start looking at their page views, if they if they haven't already, I think daily papers have been doing this forever. Public radio folks are maybe less uh, have less reason to be looking at web traffic for their digital stories, although that's such a great area of potential audience growth that we all need to be at this point. And so I think writers, reporters are are a little bit afraid to see what their traffic numbers look like, you know, because they're they're afraid it's gonna it's gonna be low and nobody wants to write a story that only 
you know, that fewer than 500 people read. You know, you spend the day on this, writing this story, and only a couple hundred people read it. That's pretty disappointing. So first, you, you, you've got to get over that fear and look at the data and study those long-term patterns. Don't look at a month's worth of data. Look at a year's worth of page views and see, you'll see some really encouraging stuff there. So what is it that people want from you? I think chances are you'll find that it's not clickbaity cat videos. That that, that was everybody was really afraid of, of that we were going to make them do clickbait. And what we found is that the better the stories, the more surprising the stories, the more stories really captured what, you know, something about the feeling of the city in the moment or a fascinating person they didn't know or, you know, really concrete information about how to how to experience the city in a more meaningful way. People really liked those stories. And so rather than sort of spending a lot of time trying to analyze and deconstruct why one particular story didn't work, look at the overall patterns and look at what does work. Well, it, it seems so obvious. <laughs> you know, figure out who your audience is, listen to what they have to say, find out what they want to read or, or listen to and actually give it to them. That seems to be a pretty good approach to success. CJ, thank you for being on Better News. I really found this a, a fascinating conversation. Sure. Thanks for the opportunity and, and uh, best of luck to everyone out there. Thanks for listening to Better News, a co-production of the American Press Institute and It's All Journalism. API's Better News Initiative offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. You can find out more about the Better News Initiative and this podcast at betternews.org.